tell you that the grace of God is upon our lives in this ministry. And I want to encourage you today. Uh, we got a special service for you. It's going to be a little different than our normal one. But we are excited that 23 years later, we're still standing. Y'all, y'all, and you have no idea. Because I got to tell you, after the first year, glory to God, uh, I, I was almost ready to throw in the towel. Somebody say, but God. And because 23 years later, we're still standing because God had work to be done. Amen. And uh, the scriptures, I heard this last night as well, that in Psalms 18, verse 29, it said that uh, he had run through troops and leaped over walls. That was David giving his testimony of what God had done in his life. And I got to share with you, uh, I'm standing here before you. And, uh, you know, uh, y'all don't know it, but sometimes uh, when I go in the phone booth, y'all, some of y'all may not know about the phone booth, I, I come back out. And I got an S on my chest. Yeah, God Superman. Because I've continued to do what God has called us to do. And I thank you that God has allowed us this ministry to do what God has called us to do. And those lives that we have touched, which are now in the thousands. Uh, I'm not taking credit for that. But I'm telling you, and if you're listening, there's probably, there's thousands of people. That have been touched by this ministry. And not just by me. But by the people of this ministry. The, the, the worshiper said it this morning. He's a way maker. Y'all don't know the nights that I had, what I had to go to sleep with. And he made a way Ruthie. He made a way when it didn't look like a way. He has brought us so far. And it's so great. Now, I'm not going to stay before you long because uh, we, got a, we got a special treat. And we have a worship leader that y'all need to hear from and not me uh, as others are coming and preparing the service. But uh, I am grateful for what God has done. I am grateful for this hour. And uh, I'm going to get an opportunity to share with y'all what God has been doing, uh, not only where we came from, but where we're going. Now, I'm going to start off by reminding you, I told y'all, I've been saying it for the last couple years now, you will not find me where I used to be. <laughs> and some of y'all will get that. And I hope before you get home, because you won't find me where I used to be. In fact, you won't find God there. He's moved on. And uh, we need to continue to walk with him. Amen. So with that said, I just want to welcome you to Faith Harvest again, 23rd anniversary service. And we're going to hear from uh, Lady T now who is coming. Amen. Can we give a round of applause for this beautiful woman of God? Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning, Faith Harvest. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. I don't know about you, but Faith Harvest has been good to me. The past 13 years, I am not who I was 13 years ago, and I just can continue to trust in God, 
to push me even further and further to what he has me to be. So I am honored to be here to be a part of this celebration with you. I'm so glad that you all are part of my life and all of you have had an impact and I hope I have been an impact on your lives. So I thank God for all of you guys and thanks for tuning in on Facebook to us today and those that are here coming to help celebrate with us. So... We have an awesome lineup of leaders that the Lord has sent to Pastor Ray to help us grow, to help develop us, um, to help us see things in a more godly manner. Um, so we're going to hear a few words from them as to how God directed them here to Faith Harvest and what God has done in that journey here. So we got two parts here, and we are going to start off with... Pastor Rob Ingram, Minister Doreen Ryan, Deacon, Deacon Mark, he's not here. Okay, so we'll have Sister Mari Chapman, maybe Mark will come in on the tail end. So we're going to start up in that order, and then Dr. Williams will come up and do tithes and offering for us, and you'll hear from me again. So I am going to pass this off to Pastor Rob, and he will get us started. Be prepared to be blessed today. Amen? Amen. 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 Welcome, family. As Lady T said, this is an awesome opportunity for us to share 23 years of serving God's people. Amen? I am so happy to be a part of Faith Harvest and what it has done for my life. And you you, you can attest for yourself what it has done for your life as well. But um, I got three minutes, so I'm not going to stand up here long. Everybody told me I'd be long-winded, so I don't want to get in trouble by my uh, brothers and sisters. (laughs) So I want to start off. I want to read the scripture, and I'm going to come from Romans 8.24 before I go into to what faith harvest means to me. And in Romans 8.24, it says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if he hopes for what he do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Amen? I say this, Because in 2003, I was released from prison. I moved down here in November. God, he pushed me, he brought me to this place in November of 2003. And in 2004, I met Dr. Williams. And I became a part of Faith Harvest. These are things I didn't know was going to happen in my life. But these were things that I hoped for in my life. Not for what I'm doing now because I didn't know I would be doing what I'm doing. But I hope for something better. And not just for me, but be able to give back what I've taken away. Because when I was in the world, I wasn't doing good. I was doing destruction. And God brought me to a new place. And showed me new things. But I didn't know how I was going to do it. But one thing about God. He will connect you 
to the people and the places that you need to go to do what he wants you to do, what he's purposed you to do. So my hope was in him and he connected me to you. And this is what faith harvest means to me. And I can stand here 18 years later. It's going to be 18 years. And I know I'm not the man who came here in 2003. I'm far from it. I'm speaking into people's lives that I prayed and asked God if he gave me that opportunity, I would honor him to help them understand who he is. So they can seek, see his glory in the earlier stage and not have to go through what I went through or even what they're going through right now to know who he is. Because there's a hope in him. There's a hope beyond our own understanding. So it's not about what you see. It's about what you don't see. But he placed it on your heart. So if you believe and you stand strong on his, on his hope, on his hope, then you can move into what God is calling you to do. And this is what faith harvest means to me, and I believe everyone here, God has brought you here for a reason and a purpose, and each one of us are interconnected. Each one of us have something to give to one another because God is purposeful in everything he do. Pastor Ray said, if you believe in coincidence, God is a master of coincidence. So each one of us are interconnected. We are a part of the body, the church. This building is just a part. This is, this is where we house at. But we are the church. We are the body of Christ, and we are connected. And so long as we're connected and doing our part, the kingdom will persevere and push forward, and great things will happen. And we're seeing it here at Faith Harvest, and we haven't seen nothing yet. Pastors say, you ain't going to see him where he was this year, next year. And believe you me, you won't. And I say the same thing for my life, and I pray you saying the same thing for you, yourselves. So God bless you. Let's look forward to 2024, 2025, 2026. Let's keep pressing forward because God has great things in store for us all. Not just for Pastor Ray, not just for Faith Harvest, but for everybody who believes in hope in him. Amen? God bless you, and I'm going to pass it on to the next MC. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. He is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. My favorite scripture is Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the parts of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Well, my journey began here at Faith Harvest. I had just come out of Oklahoma in the year 2002. And um, I'll make it quick. I didn't have a car and everything like that. But when I did get a car, I asked the Lord. I was... I was being driven to different churches, but I had just come out of the Bible Belt where Pastor Hagen and all those big churches back there that I used to attend. So I used to go to these churches that people used to take me, but I was not fed with that manner, you know. I'm saying I'm not satisfied. So I um, asked the Lord to lead me to a church that I will be satisfied and so therefore, um, I was going to some lady's house that I used to take care of, and she had invited me on Route 4, going down towards um, um, Choprite. And I noticed this little church. And I said, wow, maybe I should go there. I like the name of it, Faith Harvest. So um, I said, I'm looking for a harvest. And so therefore... I went down and I came back, but then one Sunday I was off because I was off every other Sunday. So I came into the parking lot, and that praise and worship just pulled me right into the door. And what, what I saw in there, I wanted. And so I didn't come all the time, I didn't join all the time because I was off every other Sunday. So I came when I can. And one Sunday, because of the preached word that came out of God's servant's mouth, I said, no, I want this manna and I'm going to stay here. And so therefore, I joined Faith Harvest Worship Center. And I think it was about 2004. And I'm still here. Because of Pastor Ray's faith, and integrity and perseverance, I needed strength. So therefore, I said, no, this church is strengthening. This is the manna from heaven. I'm staying here. And there are people that try to lure me away later on. I say, oh no, you did not bring me here. I asked God for a church and he gave me one. And I'm staying here and I'm still here. I praise the Lord for that. And I'll tell you, I did not, God didn't make a mistake. And I am, I am thankful that I was led here. Because I'm telling you, and the same vision at that time, Pastor Ray had that same vision. It's just, but now it was like mustard seed, but no, it's the same vision. But it has grown. That vision has grown, I'm telling you. So now we can even see it clearer. But Pastor Ray, everything he is doing now, he had it back then. I was there. And I thank the Lord for that. He just kept on that straight and narrow path. And he never, he never stopped 
moving, no matter what happened, he never stopped giving God the praise and the thanks and everything else. No matter what happened in his life. And he never let us know either. He always had his smile on his face. And for that, <laughs> I give God the glory and I give him the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Faith harvest is going somewhere. Keep on keeping on and come on down. Join us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so loud sometimes. Earl, if you could put Romans 8.28, which is my favorite scripture. And, you know, back in some churches, everybody stood when we read the word. So if everybody who can stand, please stand. Get your Bibles out. We're going to keep going. We're going to read to... uh, Hold on. To 32. Amen. So let's all read together. Let's read the word together. And we know, let me hear you, that all things... Next scripture, right? Keep reading. Next one. 30. Moreover. Keep going. What shall we say to these things? Right. Amen. Thirty-two. Go to thirty-eight. This one's important. I mean 37, I'm sorry. 37. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And lastly, 38. Amen.
I'm going to read it. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor, nor anything else, and all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I came here in 2009, and when I met Pastor Ray, I was with a friend, and she was catering his uh, Christmas party for all of his staff. And I was like, wow, he letting all these people come in his home? And he got all this food, and he's, you know, he opened up his home. And I don't know many pastors that opened up their whole entire home to staff and leaders of their church. They might come for a dinner, but everyone, that's unheard of. So I was listening to him, and I was listening to his vision, the things he wanted to do in Christ. And I was like, wow. I think this man needs some help. So at the end of the party, everybody was leaving. We were cleaning up. And I said, Pastor Rasseray, I think you need my help. He looked at me kind of crazy like, what? I don't need nobody to cook no food for me. I said, Pastor, I am not a caterer. I am helping out my friend. I am a graphic designer. And the Lord is telling me to come to you. You need some help. So here's my number. Give me a call when you, when you are ready. It was about a month, I think. And I have lupus, so sometimes I stay in the bed pretty late. And he called about 1030 and said, hey, this is Pastor Ray. I said, hey, Pastor, what you want? What you need? He said, can you come and meet with us today? I said, what time? He said, 11 o'clock. I said, oh, Lord, Pastor. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I can't do that, Pastor. How about one? He said, okay. So I came in, and we started this whole revamping of all the material so that he would be doing it in excellence. Because God expects what? And he expects it from you and me. Now, getting back to the scripture that we read, it said all things. Now, do we understand what all things are? Let me hear something. All things. Death, divorce, um, a death of a child or a spouse or your mom, your brother, loss of a job, all those things. But he said they all worked out for our good. Okay. So that means we're thinking that the death was tragic, but God is trying to do something and wants you to see what he's trying to do. And we have to stay still and listen to what he's saying. Now, my mom died in 1983. I was 18 years old. I thought it was so tragic. That was my mom. My best friend. But it brought me to Delaware. Because for me, I'll be, I would be in her crack if she was still living. Because that's my mom. So he brought me here to grow me up. 
He brought me to Faith Harvest to grow me up further. He takes you where he wants you to be. It's said that he calls you. So he called you here to Faith Harvest. So you're called here to do what? And work. So we expect, not we, but Christ and God expects you to be a part of the ministry. And now I'm in a wheelchair right now. But I can still be a part of the ministry. All y'all got legs. All your arms move good. You don't have lupus. Maybe you have something else I don't know. But you don't have lupus. So get on up. Be a part and do your part. It may, it may be a small part, but it'll be a significant part. So this is church anniversary. It's to celebrate our, our church, what God has done in these 23 years. So be a part. Maybe you're an usher. Maybe all you do is come and clean the church every now and then. Maybe you say, I'm, I'm going to clean the stove. All that God sees and says, look at my child. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. They're working. So come on, y'all. I know I'm over my time, so I'm sorry. Thank you for giving me seven, eight, seven, eight minutes. So praise the Lord, y'all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I want to I thank those leaders that have, uh, have come forth and shared some of their stories and testimony uh, of what Faith Harvest means to them. Uh, Faith Harvest, is, it means a lot to me as well. And, uh, but what a segue. She talked about work and being able to support and do things. I'm, this is a great place that we're going to talk to all of you that are out there on Facebook. You can go to uh, be able to give at Faith Life. But this is a place where all of us can now be a part of because this is a part we're going to talk about giving. And so many times, and I'm going to tell you all something, and I heard this last night. The only place we complain about giving is in the church. We want to dog the church and the pastor when they ask for something. But we give to uh, what they call them, the, the, the things uh, on that fund, what, go fund me. And, and half of them with scams, right? That, but we, we'll give to this, we'll give to that. We, hold it. And then we go to all the politicians and all of those that talk about the church as well. Because every year when it's time for election, they ask for people to give. But don't, nobody complains about that. But when we ask in the church, we complain. Why am I saying this? Because I need us to get, we need to grow up. Okay? We're, finances are needed in the earthly realm. They're a tool. They're only a tool. And the thing is, we need a tool if you want to do a spirit of excellence. And let me share with you, a spirit of excellence is important. How many like nice things? Okay, good. I want you all to know that... How you get them and what the things is, is when you're willing to do what God has called us to do. And so, in other words, everything has a seed in it. So your finances have a seed. If you're willing to sow in the good ground, that seed will produce. You can't stop it. It's a part of the product of what it's called to do. So I want to encourage all of you. This is a time to give. And we're talking about giving into them. 23 years. Now, I got to tell you something. It ain't worked. This 23 years, it ain't survived because of me. It survived because of God. Every time when they, the worship said, Waymaker, he made a way when there was no way. 
Y'all don't know when the when didn't know how we were gonna pay the mortgage, he made a way. When we didn't know how the lights was gonna stay on, he made a way. Y'all know in the last two years, by the way, I need to tell somebody, March 12th, March 13th, two years ago, our country was shut down. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Everything stopped. Doors closed. Somebody say, but God. He did not stop being God on the throne. He had to allow us to figure it out and make it. And let me share something. Y'all ought to be excited because if you're here today and if you're listening to me at the sound of my voice, then let me share with you. The hand of God is on your life because you're still here. Amen. That's an important thing. And that's not to take away or demeanor anybody that lost a loved one. But what I want to tell you is what you, how important you are to God. So I'm encouraging each of us to do our part. In terms of giving, 23rd anniversary, I'm asking you, listen, I'm not asking for no certain number or anything like that. What I need you to do is ask God, what am I supposed to do? And I believe some of us are supposed to stretch today, to stretch beyond into a place where we've not done or hadn't done before. In other words, I got to stretch myself because I, I need to, my question is to you, what do you not, what do you want and what do you need from God? And if you're expecting a harvest, you got to plant something. And i got to tell you something. I, I, I get that concept. I've been believing God. And, if, and, and by the way, in the last two years, if ain't nobody give, I know two people that did. Okay? I'm going to tell you every week or every when we got paid, every two weeks, that's me and my wife. And I said, there is no option, honey. I don't care how hard it gets and what tough it gets. There's not even an option. Oh, y'all. See, I, my faith is in God. Okay? And I'm going to be, I got to sow into what he said. And when you sow into what he says, good ground, it will produce what it said it will produce. Well, I got to tell y'all something. I have not missed a beat. <laughs> And I believe because of what God said to do, he's made my life and because of that. And I want to encourage you to participate in that. So if you need an offering envelope, get your hands out right now. Uh, raise your hand. They'll bring you on. Uh, it's, it's anniversary time. Uh, we want you to listen. The, the, the team, the team has put together. And uh, this is the other part. I know we've grown because we're at a place now. Nobody asked me for anything. None of the leaders came to me and said, we need this from you, Pastor. We need this to do this. They didn't say, whatever they did, whatever's done today was done by all of you. And I hope we want to invite you, those of you that are watching us, you can give to our giving uh, on, on Face Life Giving. You can text giving. Uh, you can go to our website and give. You can give. You need to get a seed in the good ground. And I want to tell you, faith harvest is good ground. I can promise you that. I'm not just making that statement because I'm a part of it. Because I had to go somewhere. We went somewhere last night to celebrate another brother. And we wanted to sow into that ministry. Why? Because it was good ground. And we weren't just sowing into ourselves. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to encourage you. 
take part, please give. Uh, download our app. Download uh, not only our app, our QR code, whatever it is you need. And it can do it right on your phones. Everybody got one. Glory to God. You don't have to cash app us. You can go right into our app, and it goes right to us. We track it. We count for it. Amen. Let me share with you. This is, this is who we are. This is what we do. So make sure you get your seed in the ground, y'all. Make sure you get, they're coming now, they're coming now. And we're going to continue into the service. So I want you to, if the offering bucket, she's coming around. She's going to put that in. Uh, for those of you that are online, we want you to sow right now. We're asking you to sow right now into the work of the kingdom. And if this kingdom, and by the way, uh, we want you to sow because, uh, by, you know, it's, we're celebrating 23 years. But God has given us a restart, and you'll hear more about that uh, when we start telling you about where we've come from but where we're going. And so God has uh, already put in place and put in motion uh, some things for us here at Faith Harvest. We want you to be a part of it. Amen. We are desiring for you to be a part of it. And uh, I thank God for those testimonies, you know, 17 years, 18 years, 15 years, you know, whatever it is, but that they've endured. And by the way, I don't want, I need you to know something. Their good days outweigh their bad days. And they had some bad days, but the good days outweighed the bad days. Amen. Come on, give God some glory. All right. Get your tithes, get your offering in. Amen. A tithe is a tenth part, so you know what that is. So that right now, let's just stretch your right hand towards the basket. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Father, for the tithes and offering and every good gift that is in this place. Bless those gifts, God. Bless everything about them. And we thank you, Lord. But more than that, God, bless them back into the hand of the sower. So not just the church, God, but their lives. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, uh, First Lady. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for your givings. All right. We are going to move right along here. Um, we have next Pastor Bruce Perkins, Elder Carvella Jackson, and Pastor Michael Stegman in that order. Pastor Bruce? Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Praise God. I'm the smoothest of them all. When I... <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> Back in um, 19... Well, before I came to uh, Faith Harvest, <clears throat> my wife and I had a ministry in Salem, New Jersey called uh, Church of Living Word Family Worship Center. And I had came out of another ministry called Church of Living Word. And from that ministry, my wife and I, we worked like church people. <laughs> we did Bible study. I mean, yeah, we did Bible study. We did children's ministry. We did a singles ministry. We did a couples ministry. We did whatever was called for us to do. I grew from a 
uh, deacon to a minister, uh, went to Bible school, school of ministry, school of theology, school of ministry, and got a bachelor's degree in theology. And but my passion was always ministering to couples and families, because <clears throat> the church was called Church of Living Word Family Worship Center, and we had been in Salem for 13 years. And after 13 years, we had Salem, New Jersey, was a small community, and there was a lot of traditional churches there. So we had to minister outside the ministry to, to get people to come in, get to know them and all that. After 13 years, the church got, had, didn't grow. It was like a steady, a steady number of people that came and whatever. <clears throat> and, um, but we had this ministry called uh, the men's ministry. And I connected with Pastor Ray. And we used to have a great time with the men's ministry. The men's ministry was, was seeming to grow and grow and, and things were happening. And from that time on, after 13 years being in Salem, uh, we decided to close the ministry and come back to Delaware because we were from Delaware. But my wife didn't want to go back to where we came from. She wanted something new. And so, and Pastor Ray had helped me get my federal ID number. He, you know, if you, if you need something called for his ministry and working things out, Pastor Ray was the man to talk to. And, uh, and we became good friends, comrades in the faith. And I told my, told my wife, I said, let's, try, let's go to Pastor Ray. Let's go to Faith Harvest. And we came to Faith Harvest, and that day that we came here, it seemed like the sun was shining in a different way. I feel like a burden had lifted off of me for the fact that I didn't, I had an overseer, but I didn't have a seer over me. Not because they didn't want to, they didn't know how to. I wasn't knocking them, but I needed more. And when I came to Faith Harvest and met Pastor Ray, I stood down there and cried like a baby. Because I knew this is where I belong. And from that time on to now, well, one of the things that inspired me so much with Pastor Ray was, Pastor Ray had everything that you needed for ministry. As far as, like uh, Sister Marvie said, excellence. He had everything excellently set up for me to do my ministry. And my ministry is relationships and counseling, things, things of that nature. And I had always had to Google things, research things, dig for books and stuff. Pastor Ray had everything already lined up and in chronological order. It blew me away. I was so crazy at a copy machine, <laughs> copying stuff, <laughs> running. It was like, wow, it was like awesome. I'd, I had grown so much in a short period of time and that it was only God that led me to this ministry of reconciliation and excellence. And from that time on, things has been wonderful. Excellent. Great. I was always afraid of going back. To, after going to school of ministry and school of theology, and all, I, didn't, I didn't like school. But I went. My wife pushed me every minute, every hour, every homework, every assignment. She was right there, right? They're like, 
pushing me, pushing me. And I was like, would you get off of my back, woman? Come on, I'm going to do it. She said, when? I said, in a few minutes. How was a few minutes? I said, I'm going, let me go do it. So, but, 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 you know, that push was a push to drive me to perfection, to do, want to do it right. That's the same kind of push, Pastor Ray. These, this, these, this certain personality, I had it in my wife. Now I find it in the past. It was like, come on, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Partners in the push. <laughs> but, but I thank God that from that time on, we've been here eight years, I believe. And eight years, the minute, my ministry of uh, uh, heart to heart has grown to a, a point where people are getting set free and delivered. Folks are, folks are actually finding deliverance. And Pastor Ray, uh, Sister Val, when I gave Sister Valerie Thompson the information that I, that I had put together and she researched it, she took it to another level, another level, another graphic level that I would never even imagine. And when I, when I began to use that material to help people in, that, in this ministry, People were, you know, coming alive. They were excited. They were, you know, and see, one of the things that, I'm going to get out of your way. One of the things that, I, that Pastor Ray don't do, he don't push spirituality on you without giving you an understanding of who you are first. Because if you don't know who you are, the spiritual realm is going to be foreign. It won't work. They have to line up. And, and see, the church has missed it by trying to make everybody spiritual when they're dead soulishly, when they're hurting soulishly, when they're confused mentally, when they're broken down from being damaged emotions. So until your emotions line up with your spiritual man, you will not walk in total freedom. They have to line up. And I thank you for that, Pastor Ray. I thank you for allowing me to do the things that God called me to do and be able to have a space to find out how to do it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I really do. And I, I give God all the glory, but I thank God for leading me to a leader to understand how to pull your purpose by identifying my role and my position in ministry. Thank you, Pastor. Lee. God bless. Oh, my, my scripture is Titus 2 and 11. <laughs> For the grace of God that bring us salvation has appeared to all men, to teaching us to deny ungodly and worldly lusts that we should live soberly in this present age. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! That's what I want to do all the day long. Oh, Lord, I have so much to say about Faith Harvest Worship Center and my illustrious pastor. So I'm going to slow this down just a minute. Open your Bibles to Psalms 127.1. That's our theme scripture for, de- for today. And it is powerful. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to read it together, but I'm going to ask you, you get home to go over that again because it has so much significance, not only to the 23 years of Faith Harvest Worship Center and Dr. Raymond D. Williams, but to each of your lives here and how we all come together to build this thing called the kingdom. Amen? Amen. But we're going to read it together, and then I, I, I promise I'm not going to preach. I'm going, I'm going to be before you a minute. Beginning at the first verse. 
except that that word right there, except the Lord build the house. Those who build labor in vain, except the Lord guards the city. The watchman says, awake in vain, except y'all, except, except. Now, you can look at me and know that I'm a little older than pastor, right? A little bit. Come on, y'all. Act like y'all talking. Come on, y'all stop. I'm, I'm not here to lecture. Okay, I'm a little bit older than pastor. Maybe a lot older, maybe. So, I, so I've been on this thing a little a while. I've been on this, on this journey a, 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 a long time. God has afforded me three pastors in my walk. The first pastor back in a Baptist church, so I got that Baptist kind of stuff going on, so y'all hear that when I'm talking, right? Um, but, and he's deceased, but he's an awesome man of God. And then my second pastor, who, who walked, started walking me into my, my uh, purpose and my anointing, uh, she's still living, a powerful woman of God. And then this man of God. We had stopped having church, my previous pastor because God had called her back to the leaders put that on your break that down he called her back to the leaders she knew that she missed the mark and she had been called to minister and to raise up the leaders in the kingdom and so we didn't have church we did other some other things and I can remember her saying to me at the time don't you go rush around looking for a church to go to let God lead you to where you're supposed to be going Don't move until he tells you. That was her advice to me. So about a year and a half, my husband and I didn't belong to a church. And I would just every now and then get up. I wouldn't go running around now. Because the other thing she she told me then is, uh, you need to settle this thing. So I got up one morning. And I said to my son, who most of you know, Rashad, who's my roadie and and pastor's other grandson. Okay. I'm going to church this morning. He said, Mom, where are we going? Because we always travel together in church. I said, I don't have a clue. Wherever the Holy Spirit leads me is where we're going to go. Well, unbeknownst to me, then my husband decides he's going to get up and come to church. That's a whole other story. And then my oldest son, who most of you don't know, decided he was coming to church. That's a real story. So here I am with the three men of my life coming to church. And we get in the car and I say to my youngest son, where are we going to go? I don't know where I'm going. He says, Mom, there's two churches up the street. Let's go up there. And I said, where? okay, we'll go. We get up there. And I say, he said, which one are we going to? I said, whatever one the Holy Spirit leads us to. We ride past Faith Harvest. And we go to this little church up the street. All of you have seen it. And I look at the windows and say, it's dark in there. Can't be nothing going on in that place. We're going back to that church right there. And everybody agreed. We came back to here. I got out the car. We, we looked like, um, like the, have you ever seen the, the show The Force, where the woman's in front and all the men are walking behind them. They walk. That's how I look with these three men behind, big, big men behind me, right? So I come in the door. I come in the door. And I put my foot across that door threshold. And the Holy Spirit said to me, and I know the Holy Spirit's voice, you're home. And anybody who's known me all my life knows God never let me sit in the back of a church. 
So, and I didn't ask, but the usher ushered me right up front to the second pew and had me sit there. And, and my husband, who was a little shy about doing that, you know, they, they didn't want to come up front, but, I, you know, I'm coming up front. And I sat there. And just after I got there, pastor got up to start preaching. He came down these steps. And for some reason, he was, I, I, didn't, I didn't know him. I never met him before a day in my life. He walked over here and started preaching. And every word that proceeded from his mouth hit my heart like there was an arrow opening up a gate. And it was flooded by everything he said. And I hung on his words like this. And when he started talking, the Holy Spirit said to me, and this is your spiritual father. And so I kept coming. I didn't join church right away, but I kept coming. But we met with Pastor, and the first thing Pastor did, which no one had ever done. Now, you all know me, and I don't think there's a person in the room don't know me yet. You know, as Pastor Stegman says, I, my voice. I don't even need a mic. All my life, my voice could carry. They could hear me outside without a mic. So I, it's not that I'm a loud person. My voice is loud. Well, I know why it's loud now, but... but but that would happen. But in, everybody knows me where I go around in, in the place. And I didn't know this man of God. And so he did something everybody, nobody had ever done. And all the pastors I've been around, I've been around a lot of them. He stood in front of my, my husband and my sons. And he said to me that I couldn't serve in his house unless, unless my husband said I could. Y'all, y'all don't understand what just took place. Okay, but I did. I absolutely understood. And he said, order. He said, order. Sometimes we don't recognize when we're out of order. And being out of order will take away the blessings, stop the flow of what God has for you. And so I had to have some order set up in my life. Now, I, I'm anointed. I know I am. I'm not ashamed to tell you. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you what I know God has done in my life. But having anointing, having the love of God and the love for people, the people of God, won't mean a thing if you don't have some order. And so this man of God started showing me what it meant to walk in excellence in order. Now, my other two pastors also walked in excellence. So I said to God one day, God, why? Why this man of God? Because, now I've been preaching a little bit before I got here, so I, you know, not that I know everything even now, but, but still, I, you know, I knew a little something. I've been teaching, I've been uh, ministering, and I knew my, my ministry was healing and deliverance, so I knew where I was, I was supposed to be. And these are the things that God said, and he opened it up last night. We were together in um, New Jersey for a pastoral installation celebration. And the, the, pre, the preacher there preached some stuff that was apropos for what I need to say to Dr. Williams today. And all we do, we often feel that we are, are, are being hindered or, or things are stopping us. We feel like we can't move forward. We get stuck. This man of God... This church has shown many people how to defeat the defeat in the moment of defeat. 
also is shown many of us, I'm included, how to defeat the memory of defeat. And then the mindset of defeat. When I, a year after coming, pastor started teaching thinking like Jesus. Y'all remember that? Okay. And what that did was to change the mindset and all your thinking and all you're getting, get understanding that the mind has to be transformed. And even those of us who are anointed and, and called by God need transformation of the mind in order to operate in the house of God to build the house of God. Now I'm going to pull this to the relevance of this scripture and I'm going to thank Faith Harvest Worship Center for embracing my family because now my husband's here, my son's a member here, my grandson's a member here, my daughter-in-law sings here. I'm not saying this me. Unless God builds a house, he sent me. Every one of us have been sent here. Pastor didn't call me. He didn't know me from a can, at least I don't think so, know me from a can of paint. (laughs) He didn't know most of us. Each of us have been sent here. That means God built this house. God built this house. And if God builds a house, it shall be built. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because God builds the house. But the man of God and the people of God in the house have to trust the God in order to allow him to build the house. I thank you, Pastor Ray. Faith Harvest Worship Center on my family because it was in 2014 that I walked through this door and I have absolutely no desire to go anywhere else. And I believe that whatever God has for me to do or you to do is to be used in this house for God's glory and for the building of the kingdom. Amen. Morning, family. I'm going to read uh, from Scripture, Proverbs, chapter four, or excuse me, chapter. Uh, what do they say? Thank you. Twenty-five through twenty-six. It says, "Let thine eyes look right." On and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. The reason why I picked that um, particular scripture is the word persistence. Because when I first uh, started my ministry, I was in an apartment and I was looking for a place to hold my church. And God led me to a listing in the email for the Harvest Banquet Center. And the first person I contacted with was Elder. And we sat on there. We had a conversation for about an hour and a half. And I felt real comfortable. But she said, you got to come look at the place, and then you have to meet the pastor. Funny story was, I thought I met the pastor the first day. It happened to be Deacon Mark. I thought he was the pastor, but... I kept being persistent because, and that's the reason why I say persistent because Pastor Ray was very busy and we couldn't hook up for, I don't know, it was about two, three weeks. We finally, 
It was about a month. And I kept calling Elder every day, every other day. Elder, when am I going to meet the pastor? When am I going to meet the pastor? So finally I had a tour of the place. And we went down over here to the church house. And I met up with Pastor Ray. And as soon as I seen Pastor Ray walk in the door, I seen this glow about him. That I, and and God, was, God said to me, this is the man you need to be associated with. So I rented a hall, and I, and I, I had the church down in the uh, basement of the, uh, of the hall. And um, that's when we had the meeting about the coming together. Because um, COVID was really being tough on all of us, especially my ministry, because I had just started. And I didn't have that many members. And... He knew he had been there at one time. He knew who was taking care of the rent bill, mostly me. But that was what God had called me to do. I wasn't going to let the ministry fall on its face. I wanted to keep it open because that's what the Lord promised me. And I think the reason why he brought us together, I had a test that God gave me one one time at the hall. No one showed up for church. I could have just packed up my bags and went home, but I said, God, guess what? Everything's set up. I'm going to do the service like somebody, everybody's here because you're here. And I did the service. And then shortly after that, we got together, and Pastor Ray was talking about bringing the churches together. And he said, go home and pray. And then give me your answer. Well, I already had my answer the first day, but I did. I went home and I reassured, God reassured me. He said, this is the person you need to be with. And I walked in these doors over a year ago, and my ministry has gotten so much stronger thanks to Pastor Ray. And the church family welcomed me with open arms. I felt so comfortable coming in here. Because there's a lot of times you go to churches and you walk in and everybody gives you that look. But not here. Everybody welcomed me and, I, and, my, and, my, and my congregation. And I, I sincerely thank you for that, sir. Um, our food ministry has grown so much since we started this back in the summer. We're, we've served over 400 families in this community alone. And it doesn't matter what time we start. For this month, we had to start yesterday, well, 8 o'clock, because we had to go up to uh, Jersey yesterday. And there was a line outside at 7.30 in the morning waiting to come in. And when they come here, they know us so much, they'll come up to us and ask us to pray. They'll come up and ask us, we ask them what we can do for them. And just that short time that they come in and we minister to them, they leave the door with a smile on their face, food to feed their families, all because of what we do here at Faith Harvest Worship Center. And we're going to go further. Something that I heard yesterday at the... uh, uh, ordinations was it, uh, what installation ceremony was. He told us to look at our person sitting next to us and say, "You are great." Look at your partner right now and tell them that that you are great because God is great and our His people are great. 
And we can all get things accomplished if we follow the obedience and the leading of the, of the Lord. Because something that I wrote down here, and I just want to say it real quick, I don't take up too much time, because the elder says us pastors can be long-winded. <laughs> it's about humility. And I like to talk about humility because being humble is what Jesus was. And it said, my thing is, it is the humble who rely on God who are exalted. Pastor Ray goes forward. He pushes us very hard. But you know what? He's very humble about it because he's obedient to the Lord and his leadership team does the same. And as long as we all stick together and stay strong, this place is going to just keep on growing for years and years to come. Amen. Thank you for the time. Amen. Well, we know why we're all members here at Faith Harvest. Amen. Don't we have some awesome and amazing leadership here to help guide us, to help hear our trials, our tribulations, um, just the everyday things, the struggles, and the, and the goods of our lives. Um, Harvest has been that place where we can come to and be able to feel safe venting, sharing, and just seeking guidance. So I'm going to share a little bit how I found Faith Harvest (laughs) when I was not looking for a church. Um, I was a single parent, two kids. My son Earl works, runs the media, the sound, and um, I have a daughter. She's in school. So I had to go all the way to the Nextel dealership Um, the cell phone I had to get fixed to find Faith Harvest. And um, there was a gentleman there that was working on my phone that um, serviced me that day. And he took my phone, went back, and I'm just, you know, trying to wait and get back into my day-to-day. Somebody had to be picked up, taken somewhere, fed, and all that stuff. So This gentleman brought me my phone, and he walked me out the store, and he started telling me about his church. And I was like, what? What what is he talking about? So he just started really sharing his experiences at this church, and, um, and, and he had all the good things to say about his pastor. And I said, okay, and I, you know, I don't disrespect people, so that's not, an, that's not something common to me. So I listened, but I was really trying to get away because I had other things that I had to do. And he just kept telling me, he said, we have Bible study on Wednesday night and church on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Um, welcome you out. And I said, okay. And I went on and got back into my day, and it just kept, you know, poking me. It was like a thorn in my side. You know, I just kept thinking about this man that didn't know me from a can of paint, and he was telling about this church. So, and I lived in Newcastle, so, um, and the church was, no, I lived in Bear. So, I wasn't even looking for a church, let alone in the city of Wilmington. 
So I, um, one, one Sunday I got up, a friend of mine was going through a tough time, Parent, one of his mother was actually a minister. And I said, well, let's go. You don't go to your mom's church. This guy was telling me about this church in Wilmington, so let's go there. And so I figured I'd put him among something that he was familiar with and not me. And um, we came in, and I, I got nervous. The more I got, the closer I got to the door, the more nervous I got. Because I said, the first thing they're going to ask me is, what church do I belong to? Because every time you go visit a church, they... They ask the visitors to stand up, and I hate that. They want you to stand up, and now they want you to tell. And, and me and my sisters, I'll be like, what church are we going to say? So <laughs> as a child, I was raised in a church. Um, my grandparents pretty much ran the church. So I was raised in, you know, Sunday school and the nursery and all that stuff. But when I got old enough to make my own decisions, I chose to kind of fall back on that. So... It was in me. It just had to be pulled back out of me. So um, I said, well, let's just say Grandmom's Church in Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> so, so, so that was the church. So I was always prepared. And um, I just didn't want them to ask me any other questions. Because then they might ask me to start talking about the Bible. And I'd be like, oh, boy, we're going to have a problem. So, so I um, came in and... They were in the middle of the word, and, you know, the people, like, I didn't feel like all eyes turned to us, um, so I sat down, and I'm, I'm anticipating, it's coming, it's coming, and it never came, and the word was, like, I left here fed, and I have never, as an adult, can say that um, there had been another time where I went to a church and I left out of there saying, oh, I really can take something and apply it to my day-to-day life. I always leave and say, I'm not going back to that church because I have no idea what they were talking about. And for me to have to get up and go to church, get dressed, go to church, and not get anything from it was just not important to me. So, or it wasn't the time for me. So um, I said, okay, well, let me go back. So I kept coming on Wednesday, and then I came on a Sunday, and it was just like, you know, go to the gas station, and the gas is high now, um, but it was just refueling for me. So that was the energy that this church brought to me, and every word that Pastor Ray spoke about applied to where I was. And I just was amazed. So I just kept, and I was like, you know, he's not going to know what happened to me this week. And then he would preach about it. And um, my son, they kind of, he gravitated to the media booth. And I haven't been able to miss church since then, 15 years later. And he's still there. So... (laughs) So he would wake up on Sunday and say, Mom, we got to go to church because I got to get the mics ready and the tea. And I was like, who said I was going to church today? So he was my force when I would try to waver. He always straightened me out, and and we got here. So um, I thank God for that because sometimes you need a little kick um, because the cares of the world and what you have to do starts to kind of take priority to you. So, um, but then I just, you know, my life 
since then has changed. Not only, you know, just being a committed member to a fellowship such as Faith Harvest, but also being Pastor Ray's wife. And um, that is not what I came to Faith Harvest for. I was not looking for a husband. <laughs> but God knew because when we, when we did announce our engagement, people were like, you are marrying a pastor? And I said, yeah. So I heard a lot of stories about what happens to first ladies. And I was like, who first ladies? First lady, the president. And they said, no, you're going to have to sit in the front of the church. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to sit where I normally sit. So, so I've grown. I've matured. I haven't been fond of the big hats that they say first ladies wear. So I'm waiting for that to happen. But that has not. Because that was always my pet peeve is if you sit behind the first ladies or other seasoned women of the church, you can't see when you sit, because I've been the one, and I was like, I can't see anything. Um, So that's just a little, God has just, it just amazes me, because I never knew you could come to church. I was a part of praise and worship. I was part of the first praise and worship dance team. And who would have thought you could come in here and, sit on the floor and stretch and laugh and giggle and just talk about real stuff. Not church stuff all the time. We could be real here. And that's what made me feel comfortable. Um, I I don't do well faking. um, And even today, you know, I'm still a real person, but I handle my circumstances and my, my trials and you know, even the, the, the great things that happen, I handle them in a different way, in a more godly way. Amen. So I just thank God for all of the support that you all have been to me because I would have never met you guys if I didn't start coming here. And you guys also help keep me grounded because I feel like my church family are real people. I haven't found a fake one in here yet. So I just thank God for, for you all. And um, so that's kind of my story here at Faith Harvest. Um, I am not one to stand up here behind a pulpit, so don't get used to me being here. I am just doing this because it's a special day, and my family asked me to do it, and I usually try to accommodate what my family asks because they don't ask me that often. So, but you know, right? Okay. So we are going to, um, I'm not going to belabor anymore. I'm just excited um, to say 23 years, and I was a part of 15 years. I don't know where the time has has passed. Um, Pastor Ray, you don't seem or act 23-year-old being a running this house, but I just thank God for it being here when it was time for me to come. Amen. Um, You have... Never waver, whether it's church, whether it's family, um, whether it's both happening at the same time. God knows I just, you don't know how many times I just sit in the gap and pray because I am like, Lord, thank God it's him and not me. Um, But you just seem to, even in, you know, those weary times, you find a way. And I just am amazed sometimes. And I don't tell you all the time because I don't want you to think that I don't, I, I don't think like that or I don't have that level of understanding. But sometimes you'll take something and it will just, 
I would have never, ever thought about it like that. And um, I just thank you for being who God has called you to be and standing strong. And I try my hardest to be, to be that helpmate when things look a little weary. I act like it's okay, but I am like, how is he going to get out of this one? <laughs> Not we, he. <laughs> So, and I, I, I can tell you, though, as, as a member, as his wife, he has, you all are just as valuable to him as I am. I just get to go home with him uh, at night, and, and sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's not such a good thing, because I know a little bit more than I, I didn't think that I was prepared for, but God has just help me in those cases and in those times helps me understand and because um, I know it's going to come up again and I want to be able to be that helpmate to my sisters or my brothers or a child or a teenager that runs into that because I think circumstances, we you prepare us for what's to come and then those things we are able to take on because there's so much that God has for you to do. And as our leader, we want to keep you strength. We want to keep you held up so that you can soar into those areas and continue to lead us. So without do, Pastor Ray, Dr. Williams, we will allow him to share a few words. Amen. 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 I need you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my good days outweigh my bad days, and I won't complain. Amen. I need y'all to know that uh, our good days have outweighed our bad days, and we don't need to complain. Because God has provided a way of escape. And it is the faith that God has given me that I... I'm able to stand before you and smile. There are many days that I've had to come up here and, and or whether calling you, talking to you, doing something in the ministry that I might have been wounded. I was bleeding. And you didn't know it because it wasn't for you to know. What it was is if God called me to do this, I'm going to have to do it sometimes hurting. Oh, yeah. I'm just being real now because it is... 23 years later, I can be. And uh, I don't know, uh, Sister Pat, Sister Debbie, I kept thinking of y'all mother, right? I really, this has really been on my heart. I was sitting over there thinking, if she was singing that song about my good days outweighing my bad days, because it's something about the mothers that could, they could sing that thing a little different than we do. And, and, we didn't understand them. They may have not had all of what we have and know all of what we know, but they stood through some stuff that we didn't have to. And so, and I don't discount that. And I start thinking of things that mean something to me. And over time, how God has brought all of you in, into my life and uh, from, from the oldest to the youngest. Uh, I think it is, I'm, I'm really excited about these young brothers and sisters right now. I'm real excited about them. Y'all, that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. And I'm telling you because a church without young people is a dying church. 
And so you don't got to get it all. You don't need to quote Genesis to Revelations. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fact that you're willing to come and listen and hear what God has to say. And so my story is not Pastor Rob's story, but he's a perfect example of somebody God sent in my life. I had no idea what he had been through, where he came from. And guess what? Just like God, it didn't matter. Okay? Didn't matter that he was coming from New York and out of trouble and straight out of the penitentiary. What mattered is that God sent him, and I was supposed to say something to him to encourage him to be the man he is today. Didn't matter, Pastor Bruce, that you were already pastoring and you're older than me, but I could speak into your life and courage. It didn't matter, Elder, that she was older than me and that I could speak into her life. It didn't matter. Listen to me. Your age, your color, the way you wear your hair doesn't matter. What matters is that we do what God has called us to do. So I need to tell y'all something. When I've been telling y'all that, uh, and, and, and by the way, y'all, my, my wife, she shared the story. Uh, I, I didn't come in intentions to, to, to marry somebody from my congregation either. Okay. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't no pastor running around trying to test stuff. That wasn't me. Amen. And she didn't tell you all the story because I, I did ask her out for a date because, well, I said, God, I, I, I can't keep doing this thing. I need to be married because people start planning. I got to tell y'all, I had some people in the congregation and they was planning. They were planning a wedding for me. They were trying to, they were trying to hook their pastor up. I'm like, hold it. That's not God. Okay. <laughs> some of y'all know it. that you remember? And I was like, hold it. When I heard about this, I'm like, that's not God. All right, so that's not how we're going to do this thing. And I was like, I went to God and said, God, I need a wife. I need, I need a wife because the people are going to start looking at me funny. And I said, I need a wife that I could care for, that will love me, and not love me because I'm the pastor. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. And not love me because they get a position to be first, called first lady. Oh, y'all know how important that is. I said, I need, that's the kind of person that, and she didn't tell y'all, but I, I do, I will tell you. First time I asked her for a date, she turned me down. And y'all got to need some, I'm not used to being turned down. Then I asked her for a date the second time, and she still had another excuse. I'm thinking, something wrong with this God. I thought you said. <laughs> and by the third time, you know, she had a conversation with her mother and some others, and you know what? I took her on a date, and it was the best date I had had because I hadn't had a date in a long time. And to have one, it was thinking, wow, this is nice to just talk to somebody who is intelligent and say something nice, and we could just have a good time, right? And so, and you know, and I'm from Philly, so and I, was, I laid it out. I was being smooth that day, Pastor Bruce, you know. I, we, we went to Roof Chris. We had, we had a nice steak dinner. But uh, beyond that, beyond that, 23 years have gone by, and in this, this, this church, everything in my life is connected to it because of my God. So I want to share with you, God is everything to me, and I don't have to make him fit. He is that he is that he is. If y'all going to get this, and so I, I can't fake it. I can't. I am who I am. I don't have to, you know, I tell people, somebody some how you doing today? Blessed. I don't say all of that stuff. I don't talk like that because that's not who I am. Right? So y'all don't have to change 
No, I didn't ask anybody in here. I've been teaching us. Your fingerprint doesn't match anybody else's in the world. But God has called us together. And so, and as a people, the church, we don't have to fake something to be it. We just got to be it. And it takes time and development, right? And right now he's developing us because there's a leader on the inside of all of you, right? And so y'all heard about how people met me and where we came from. But I got to tell you, I believe in you until you give me reason not to. I believe in every person in this room, every person that God sends my way. I believe there's a leader on the inside of them to get to a certain place. I don't, your gift did not come from me. I cannot take credit for your gift. But here's what I can do. I am called to push you and enhance you. In fact, I call myself a rubber band stretcher. A rubber band that doesn't wrap itself around something that's bigger than it will never know that it can stretch. Except till you stretch it and then it holds it together. Oh, some of y'all will get that before you get home. Because it's important that you get stretched. Well, I've discovered who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. And discovering that this church, this ministry, and by the way, this church is not this building. We came here in 2007, 2006, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Never expected uh, some things that are going on now. So when I tell you that God has led us from a place and he's developed, and I, I believe the greatest thing today still, to not only to thinking it like Jesus, but is to know God. I believe that's the greatest thing. But getting to know God is just like anything else. You have to make, get to know him personally. Okay? Too many people know of something but don't know him. Oh, y'all just, did y'all hear me? So you got to get to know him personally. Like what does he mean to you? Who is he to you? You know, uh, and when that starts to make sense, some stuff in your life will start to make sense. You'll start to make sense to why you've been through what you've been through. Good and bad. Amen. So with that said, that I'm telling you that God is, we're, we're this is 23 years. Y'all can mark this one. Because this is almost like year one. You say, how could 23 years be like year one? Well, we got to restart. We got a new place. Got a new, a, there's a new relationship being developed with God. So, so God's just not God to me anymore. He's my friend. That's a major shift when you become friends with God. Because you have peace. You know, people that you're intimate with, you, 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 and better still, and I, you let down your hair. You know what I mean? You open up your heart. You, you give them access. Well, that's how me and God are. I got access with him, and I, I'm free. I trust him that much. I'm just like him. If he told me to jump off the top of this the roof and he was there to catch me, I would do it. Just because he said it. And y'all, nobody else would see anything, and they would say, Oh, my goodness, he done lost his mind. But I didn't. I would be obeying God if he was there, if he said do that, okay? But I want to share, so that's where I'm at now. My faith has led me to a place that this year, and I've been saying it for a couple years now, and by the way, today is March 13th. 
March 13th of 2020, I turned on the television and every television and every station across the country said that America is shut down. In fact, it happened on the 12th. And on the 13th, they were reiterating it. <laughs> that everything is closed. Nothing can operate. There was going to be some things that they determined what was called essential. Y'all all remember that. Well, that's history because I never experienced that in my lifetime. That had never been heard of before in my life, my mother's life. And now we experience that. And I'm thinking doom and gloom. That's what I saw initially. And I was like, and then he, the Lord reminded me, you're not done. He said, it ain't over. He said, it can't be over till I've completed the things that I said that was necessary. So let me share with you, son. You're going to hear people preaching doom and gloom. Make sure you don't join up with them. Tell the people, remind them that this is not over. I didn't say that it won't be rough, but it's not over. And he said, this is where your faith will grow up and be strengthened. And I want to encourage you because my faith took to a whole nother level. I am not who I used to be even two years ago. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you the truth. And he said, and I started saying to y'all, y'all will remember, I said, you will not find me where you found me at before. I did not understand as much because I was talking spiritually and I was talking about in this realm of what I believe God was doing in my life. But he even went a step further. You physically not going to find me where I used to be. <laughs> Buying this building I thought was the greatest thing ever because I knew we couldn't afford it. Y'all didn't hear me. Remember, Brother Smitty, we couldn't afford it. It was 25 of us that came here. And y'all could do the math, 25 people. And if we all made $100,000, it still wasn't enough. And we didn't. Okay? And we gave 10% of that. Right? But somehow, somebody say somehow, God worked it out. Because 2007, 2006, how many years is that? 14, 15? Something like that. 15 years. So he worked it out. We were able to stay here. I don't know how we paid the mortgage. I don't know how we kept the light on. Y'all, if I told y'all the light bill here and the gas bill, you would be, it, <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. The first one in January of 2007, they got a bill and it was $4,000. I called the gas company, and this is true. They know it. I called gas and said, the place... Y'all got to hurry up out here. I'm, the building might blow up at any moment. I just got a bill for $4,000. That means the gas has to be leaking in the ground. And I'm concerned. They came out with the sniffer. This really happened. I'm t they came out with the sniffers and everything. And the guy said, uh, Pastor Williams, I didn't have my doctorate in. He said, Pastor Williams, I got to tell you something. There's no gas leak. But I do have a prop. You're going, you're going to need to get used to something. You're going to need to get used to the bills looking like that. And I was like, hold it, that's impossible. We even came and cut the heat on. And it's 4000 What happens if we cut it on? <laughs> it, 
it was just scary. Uh, but we learned some things about the building to, to help it a little bit. But over that, God seen us through that. And, and out of that process, so where we were to give us this building, the building is a house. But can I tell y'all something? I never, Lord, help me explain this properly because somebody don't misconstrue this. I never felt comfortable here. You can say, how in the world could God bless you with something so great and you never felt comfortable? What I'm saying is, this is a beautiful building. These stained glass windows. You know, on the other side of this one, it's got Michelangelo's picture of Jesus. You know, what they would consider Jesus. And I tell people too, so I'm going to help y'all. I say, so in the morning, he's white. In the evening, he's black. So, because when the sun, the sun sets, that's the east. So the sun shining through, he's real light. By the evening, he's olive color, so he's dark. And I said, so I said, he represents diversity, right? But again, this church is like history of what people made church look like. It's got a steeple. I mean, the roof is a, a point. You know, it's, you look at it, it looks like my grandmother's church. But that's not my church. My church would be a more contemporary, more modern day. That's who I am. Well, he gave us an opportunity to buy a school. And by the way, this has to be God because I know I've been through too much in this thing. And for us, for the school and the building that we have there, which is twice as much as this building, okay, and twice the size of this, yet green light everywhere. And all I could think of is the favor of God. And I told the people that you wouldn't find me where I used to be. Now, meanwhile, we've been out at a school and we've been in the presence of a school and we've had great opportunity. I believe that was, the, there's definitely been the blessings of the Lord, but there's been opposition. There's been resistance. There's been things that just really tried to stop me as a person and hinder me as a man of God. And I had to actually even make a statement. I told the people, I'm stop fighting. Now, I didn't tell y'all, did y'all, y'all didn't hear me say I gave up. I said, I'm going to stop fighting. Because I realized the fight wasn't mine. It's the Lord's. I was starting to fight naturally to the point I was aggravated. And I wanted to give them a piece. A piece of my mind and I realized that would be foolish because I teach the young people all the time what's in here and what's in here nobody can take so I had to minister to myself and remind myself what God placed in you no one can take do what you're called to do so I said to the people, I'm not fighting no more. Didn't I, honey? And they thought I gave up. And, and I said, I'm going to be there for my students, and I'm going to be there for the things that God's called. In doing so, God has opened the door. He allowed the, the new building to be, by the way, a month ago we went to settlement. 